and welcome to the Thirst Eye Podcast, where we take our ideas, visualize them in our third eye, and bring them into reality so we can talk about them in tangible ways. I'm here with some of my freaks and friends. We are all different agents on this journey towards enlightenment. Um, I'm Agent 13. And I'm here with my friends. I'm going to let them introduce ourselves. And this is our first episode of our very first podcast. Thank you for being with us. I'm Agent 11. I'm feeling um, very excited, very titillated, um, ready to get this thing rolling. Yeah, I'm Agent 19. I'm ready to start as well. I'm Agent 7. I'm feeling excited I'm, and I'm very ready. And I'm Agent 9. I am ready to get this going. And that's our little crew, our little lineup. Um, we're always looking for guests if you like our podcast. So if you want to join our little um, squad, shoot us a message. Um, but we're going to dive right into our topics today. We tend to cover a wide array of topics from conspiracy theories to more spiritual and religious topics. Um, or even just like, just just being quirky, you know? So we're just kicking with our friends and I believe um, Agent 7 has a conspiracy theory for us today. So let's kick this off. Hi, yeah, my theory, um, I really wanna make sure I'm getting, um, what is it called? When vocal fry, I wanna, I want the vocal fry. <laughs> It's um, my theory was that I'm I'm not first. Um, I think the overall topic of today we were going to discuss gender and sexuality, and my theory was that I don't know that I believe wholly in men. I think they're fake. There's something not. I just don't. Ain't I that don't, the truth? Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't trust, I don't trust them, I don't, I don't think they're real. That's valid, that's valid, elaborate. I think that um, society has conditioned a lot of people to think that they're, that they're real, um, and we, we're, we're really, we're really all, I think, deep down, I don't want to say that we're all women, but we're all anti-male. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that very much, um, it wraps into the concept of we are not our body. Sort of we exist beyond this form. Like we die and our bodies are still here. So clearly we aren't our bodies. So it's like a weird concept of like trying to rationalize like gender and like gender thought with um this also like sort of spiritual thought of we aren't our bodies and i do think there's something very uh, something about femininity because if you think about it females are they represent creation which isn't necessary to say that's like what femininity boils down to because there's plenty of women be it biological or trans um, women who can't conceive children but women tend to be more creative emotional again, not to play into stereotypes, but um, there's something about that that's like, that's like the origin of life. That's the origin of um, 
sort of like sensing and feeling. And I feel like that's something we all need to lean into more. So if I'm viewing it from that perspective, I could, I could agree that men don't exist. Men shouldn't exist. So I'm sorry to drag men, uh, but it's an interesting idea. Yeah, I think that maleness is like a construct. I, I'm starting to vibe with number seven's theorem of um, men not existing because, like you said, um, you in nature you don't need men like to keep life going because femininity femininity is like a self-sustaining sort of thing right i'm trying to be one of those like anemones that just like asexually reproduces like if we can get on that level like women could just rule the world you know um yeah but yeah i'm feeling this we are not our body energy like men don't exist like no one exists like i'm very like anti-existence i think um part of why i i sort of question the existence of men is because um they're so pervasive like you see them all the time and but i there's something that it feels like when you're looking at one and he's sort of walking in the supermarket you feel like if you look at him a little longer he he's actually gonna vanish like he's not from this like i feel like he himself is a liminal space like i I don't know what it is about him, but he he's from another dimension. Like he's not not yes. of this world. I feel that. Okay, so not to out myself, because this is like embarrassing, but we all love some like trash TV. But like one of my guilty pleasures is sometimes like and just in the background while I'm drawing, I'll put on like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or something just like stupid like that. So the other day, I just was, like, completely bored and put on an episode of The Bachelorette. And I was, like, looking at all of these men. Because they just put, like, 25 men in a house. And they just, like, all date this one girl. And I was just, like, looking at these men. And I was, like, I feel like they're randomly generated. Like, I can't, like... Like, I feel like with women, I'm just, like, oh, yes, that girl is that girl. Like, but with men, I'm just, like, what's your name? Who are you? Like, you look fake. You look like stock images. Like, something is very unsettling about me. I, I, and I, I, I think it's unsettling, and I think there's just something sort of. I mean, I, I guess I don't really. We, we should probably invite somebody who's like a mask for mask gentleman or something, or like a, like a, as a heteros, a cis head guy, Brad or whatever. <laughs> but I, I don't believe in him. He's like this he's like santa claus or the devil or like god or something i'm kidding i'm kidding to religious yeah. people but he's, he's like, like santa claus he's like, like yeah people... he's like the easter bunny Except yeah like like she a mock santa a good man in this society is like an anomaly and it's very sad like on a real level like it sucks that like no one can just like find like a good man you know and I have some like male friends who I'm like really close with and I can have like good conversations about them with these things but even then like only one of them isn't like queer so I'm just like these good men they're rare and I feel like the concept of masculinity is very confusing because when I talk to my 
like straight male friend about these things like he'll like talk about how like men deal with like violence and like men just have a very different way of dealing with their issues it's really interesting mm-hmm. um okay so i i don't know if i'm gonna say this right but um so we live in america in the early 21st century right and so in our society men i feel like they don't get to develop themselves in the way that women do because it's shameful for them to do so like you know straight cis males they um they don't do it because they don't want to um you know be made fun of or be looked down upon like you know their dad will call them a sissy or something like that um Mm -hmm. like it's it's very toxic like toxic masculinity and it it kind of it strips away who you are um who you are as a person and if like if you go for so long with not being you can't be your honest self to the world around you you don't know who your honest self is inside of you and i i feel like there are genuine true male energies in the universe just like there are genuine true female energies in the universe and you know everything in between people who are male presenting like like if you're born a man you don't you just don't get to like experience like you don't get to be who you, like if you want to be like a little more feminine or metrosexual but you're still straight um but everyone around you like say you're born in boston in a very toxic male society you know and like every guy you know watches football and drinks beer you don't know what i'm talking about um and you just want to be like you can't yeah pro- yeah you guys understand what i'm saying yeah, I don't- yeah. what you're saying. masculinity is very like oppressive and it's not like true masculinity i feel like there there was like this like original masculine form that true. i feel like is more like like i feel like a good man is like both gentle and strong both kind yeah. but also protective like there's like a nuance there but i feel like yeah. we've gone to look like this almost hyper masculinity um in our society and even there's almost like a hyper femininity that's very toxic that i see too we're a very like hyper um just like extra doing the most society so i feel like um there's sort of like this imbalance but i do i, I feel bad for men like as much as we want to dog on men and be like men are gross like men ain't shit like because men, men are always the butt of every joke but i do feel bad because it's you're right it's almost like masculinity is very like oppressive and i not to say that men men aren't like oppressed necessarily like every everyone knows that like men especially like straight white men are like society enemy number one right now but like there's i i feel bad because i feel like they're it they're fed like this toxic culture that they keep keep repeating and i feel like there's good men that see through that but there's very much like this cultural like deconditioning that needs to happen for yeah. men yeah i i agree with you um and it's going to be a long way until something like that happens because right now everything is very turbulent and um for sure for sure i think it's all everyone has like these crazy opinions and they just like it's it's hard to like meet in the middle but i feel like having conversations it's just like a good way to do it and i think that's why we're 
we're thirst dying, you know, we're, we're visualizing the future we want and we're like manifesting it, like talking about these things. So I feel like talking about these things is like the first step to making it happen. Because, you know, I'm, I want these men who could be like good men. Like, I, like I, men out there, if you suck, I still support you because I want you to do better. I love you. Like, I want you to like talk about your feelings and to respect women and to respect yourself um yes <laughs> yeah um also to straight men like being like like and I'm, I'm not saying like being who yourself like i'm so bad at explaining things but if you want to like if you're curious about makeup or like you don't it doesn't mean you're gay. It doesn't mean you're a sissy. It just means like you're curious about something that exists in the world and you want to have an experience. And you can open yourself up to that experience and still be um, a straight cis male, even though that experience is more feminine than um, you know what society tells you is acceptable for a man to um, you know deal with or be part of. Does does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. The man does what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true, but let's be real. It's not just straight men that, um... That's true. Um, have the... Like, that they need to do inner work. There's oh, also some sure. gay men that need to be doing some inner work. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, the majority of them, too. We, we, we like to give the queers a pass, but... They don't deserve it in a lot of They're cases. just as gross. Yeah, I... I just... I, I think part of... Part of the problem is... That it seems like every time you sort of distill a sort of, like, hyper-masculine, like, entity in its, like, highest form, it just feels like a parody. It doesn't feel like it's genuine. It seems like, like when I think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, I laugh because he's a, he doesn't seem like a real thing. Like it seems like a cardboard cutout. Um, and I don't know, like, and I, yeah, sometimes, and sometimes I'm just like, I don't really know why. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think Everybody is a dis is a child of Sappho, um, and this is like our sapphic, yeah. Right. Yeah. They say the internet is for girls and gays, and I would say that's true. And also, real life is for girls and gays. The simulation is for girls and gays. And something that um, Seven brought up about like when you think of like what is masculinity you think of like Arnold Schwarzenegger and that's like something that doesn't exist um and like it reminded me of how 19 brought up like how I'm sure how she's sure that like there exists like this pure ideal that isn't toxic of masculinity but I feel like on that realm of ideas it like that pure ideal has been usurped by something that is toxic. Mm-hmm. That that's true. That is that is exactly true. Um, I feel like though it's always there, like yin and yang, like the male and female energies. Um, 
like it's never it still exists but it's been very suppressed and um poisoned by modern society um, mostly in the west i don't know really about society in the east but i know here in the west it has been poisoned um, yeah I, yeah gender is very complicated i feel like we sort of i feel like at the beginning there was almost like this perfect like yin and yang of masculine and feminine sort of like on the like there's a line in the middle and there's a man standing on one side and a woman standing on the other but i feel like over the years the idea of masculine has been scooting farther and farther away from the line and the idea of like womanhood has been staying near the line so it's um, sort of like it's moving to like the more extreme end of the of the spectrum like it's it's losing all ideas of nuance and because of that yin and yang it's like a balancing act so because there's like this toxic masculine energy, um, there must be like an equal reaction to like bring the balance. And I think that's why we're moving into such a, like a hyper feminine age right now with really like aggressive feminine energy. It's because I, we've been living in this like age of extreme masculinity for so long that we've moved into this age of hyper femininity so I feel like there's like a point where we have to bring it back to the source the yin and yang um because now we're like in the giant yin and yang of like death and destruction but there was like this cute little yin and yang at the beginning that was like just masculine and feminine energy mm-hmm. yeah um yeah I see that I vibe with that yeah and 19 brought up like how in the west um this is the way it is but I feel like in the east you still see that um I feel like it might have to do with colonialism because like even places that haven't been like formal colonies such as like Korea you still see um um a sort of like cultural colonialism where they've adopted a lot of like western thought on like what gender is what gender roles are and um you see that playing out up there i think that's a really good point 11 that actually like and you sort of bring on you bring up this idea that um i mean there are cultures that exist um today where people don't like people it's socially accepted and it's not non-normative like in in the united states in a sort of like broader u.s capitalist society it's not considered normative to be non-cis what whatever like what and whatever like whichever way you identify but that's not how it is in like quite a few like historical or contemporary cultures um like you can think of like first nations people who have like uh two spirit gender which is like a i think a good example um of like a the binary collapsed into one individual where it's not they identify as neither one or the other um but i also think that you brought up a point i'm wondering why it it's so like this like hyper masculinity is like so perpetuated and i keep thinking that the comp like the root source of it all it's the transition from like 
at some point from public property to private property and the establishment of capitalism. Like, I think that's where it all went wrong. Before then, we were like all sapphic lovers frolicking in the wilderness. And then at some point, like private property entered the mix. And then this sort of like brute mannish entity entered and he became like the paragon of like how capitalism, colonialism, imperialism perpetuates itself. And he's like, he is capitalism and capitalism is a sort of masculine entity. And she's like, capitalism is starting to like flirt with being a girl boss, but I don't trust her either. Like she's not good. She's bad news. Yeah. And um, that's so true because if you really look at a society, it's culture comes second and the way that people get their um, material needs met comes first and so like the culture comes from how people get their materials needs met you you're like really hitting the needle on the thread there um what number seven um said reminds me of how like there is this uh shift in the 50s from how like say in the early 19 uh 1900s and before then um like young children were always dressed as like young children in a and they were mainly um dressed in like a female um presenting attire um but in the 50s there was this um this change to dress children like small adults and if a boy child would be dressed like a, a small man and a girl child would be dressed like a small woman and then it kept speeding up and then in the 80s you know with all that blue and pink um stuff like boy and girl colors and everything just it kept keeps getting worse and worse and that is like uh encouraged by capitalism because it sells more product whereas if there wasn't these um two genders like for for children's clothes say um like there was only just one type of children's clothes there's more market when there's a uh, boy and girl clothes. I hope that makes sense. I hope I'm yeah. not just running. Like, you, we could say like dismantle the gender industrial complex. I, you can also say gender has become commodity. Like gender reveal parties are, I and I'm not, I'm actually one of the people who doesn't hate them as much as I should because I, I love a cute cupcake. Um, especially if, like, the cupcake is well-decorated and the icing comes in florals. And if the florals are blue, so be it. Like, there's florals and it's icing and it tastes like cupcake. Like, I'm not going to complain if I get invited. But, um, like, that's just, like, the commodification of of a sort of, of, of gender. But it's more than that. It's, like, it's speaking to a commodification of the body, too because it's a way of essentializing that the child born like fits within this binary model and that they're just i mean speaking to the earliest point made about like are men real uh question mark um and someone 13 brought up that you know bought corporeal forms whatever like question mark like do they exist and the commodification of gender is a way of material making material something that like 
doesn't seem seems arbitrary number one and number two like has nothing to do with the individual but like now it does because we have a blue cupcake to celebrate i don't know if that meta like if that made any sense like i can rephrase i for one think cupcakes are overrated <laughs> the icing is always bitter it's it's not even sweet it's like bitter and like okay, cupcakes well, themselves like i don't like cake what about glitter? Like what okay, what about the balloons that like you pop and like blue or pink glitter comes out? Like that's like glitter's bad for the environment, but if you got like the biodegradable kind, like I live. Are you anti-glitter? Um, I love a good glitter bit. Um I just don't like cupcakes or okay. cakes in anti-children. What a, how about okay? I'm can, we, can we say like desserts with like icings that are like potentially like 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 i like a flavorful dessert and if it's gonna be food coloring is gonna come into the mix um Um, like i like a good color palette too like especially if it's i mean i'm sorry like i like pink and blue also look really cute together like side by side it's literally the trans flag i can't hate the little baby culture like the little baby ginger reveal culture, like I, I can't hate it because it is cute. Like those are nice colors too. See, we need to just have trans themed like gender reveal parties because it's the, just have both colors, you know. Well, exactly. They look so good. I mean, I mean, if if nothing is not evident, like the trans flag is just like the most beautiful like fabric color combination devised by human hands like it looks they look good together why not have all of the colors at my gender reveal party i'm just gonna pop a balloon and it's just gonna be filled with black glitter and i'm gonna be like congrats "Congrats, it's the void (laughs) i was so mad i was gonna make a joke like that i was gonna say you're gonna cut into my cake and then it's gonna be filled with like gray um icing i always feel like i would like a cake that you cut into it and it like like hot like red goo gushes out but i don't want to get into that i just i want the cake you to open it and have spiders like... come out those mardi gras cakes where there's little babies hidden in them like you cut it open and you're just like surprise it's a baby like you cut into it there's a whole live baby that was like put under the cake in the future instead of gender reveal parties we're gonna be growing our babies in like embryonic like fluid sacks and we're just gonna physically cut that open at the party I Congratulations. love it. It's what is the name of Elon Musk's baby? It's like the name of an airplane or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't articulate it. It's just like screaming noises in my and head. I, <laughs> Congratulations. I like this is, or something. Yeah, this is screaming noises. This is um white noise from the TV. Um <laughs> I but I the party problem presents its own problem because you're basically celebrating the like sex organs of your kid. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's awkward. Yeah. I think we need to get back to the basics here as a society. <laughs> like, let us celebrate. Like, I feel like it's cool to celebrate the birth of a child. Like, that's amazing. But diminishing it to just like, oh, like, we gotta reveal the gender. I feel like 
why do we care? I feel like that's the big, the big question is if there's not a difference between the sexes then why do we care but people really care about the sex of their kid like people will be like mad disappointed if they have a girl which it's like a weird phenomenon of women being disappointed if they have a girl because they don't want it to be like them and i think that's so bizarre um there there i feel like there's a thing too about like latent property inheritance rights where Mm -hmm. in some cultures like girl babies grew up to be um the daughter who gets married off and doesn't keep the private doesn't keep the property of the household right that's very true kind of like if you're a king you need to have a son to continue on your kingdom type deal it's sort of like what the idea of women has always been just like diminished because you're trying to like continue the family name it's like a it's like a weird sort of primitive idea of like, yes, we're trying to survive. We're just trying to survive. You, you must spread your seed. Like we're just like biological continuation of the species. And that I think goes back to our conversation earlier about like colonization doing all this. Cause like if we go back like when war emperors yeah for sure back back in the olden days though it was never women have always gotten the shit end of the deal but i i do definitely agree that when capitalism came into play and when, when we say that i feel like we i get sort of like a modern picture but if you think about it capitalism started like thousands and thousands of years ago see if we all go back to just like having our little farms in the barter system, abolish countries. This, is all, this could all be, could all be living in peace. So yeah, uh, um, there was also like a second part of Seven's theorem about how heterosexuality doesn't exist. Oh, right. Well, the thing is, if men don't exist, I mean, thesis, I mean, logical statement, if men aren't real then there's like the men aren't real that means heterosexuality is also like constructed in the same way that male is constructed i i don't i don't want to invalidate somebody's sexuality but at the same time like a heterosexual deserves to sometimes have his or her sexuality or their sexuality invalidated like What's the fun in not being invalidated at one point in your life? <laughs> Especially by number seven on a podcast. Like, what, what am I going <laughs> to do to you? Um, if, if, if you're straight after the show, meet in the parking lot. Um, we're going to pull up <laughs> straight and bunk your head in the toilet. Um, but no. Yeah. yeah. We're not gonna gang up on you here, but I think it's it's a valid point of nobody does question straight people. And again, I always go back to the point of everything is a construct, you know? So I, I stand by it. I feel like um, everything is very much a spectrum and we've wanted we've wanted to give everything its own individual identity. Um, and sure some things are very like, black and white in this world 
Um, but I feel like sexuality is never going to be one of those things that are black and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no matter how many, uh, how much people want to make everything black and white, it's not. And um, I feel like a good example of this is, um, have you guys seen Bob's Burgers? Well, um, if you haven't, um, yeah, a good example is Bob. Like, he is a heterosexual man. Um, you know, he's married. He has three kids. Um, but, like, on multiple occasions, um, like, he is presented, he is put in situations where, um, you know, he is attracted to a man. Like, he, like, um, when he was buying a turkey at the store and the, um, the guy behind the counter, like, hit on him and he was, he was kind of interested, but then he was like, no, I'm married. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and I mean, he's, you know, typical straight 40s man. Right, like, I think straight, quote-unquote, I mean, again, we're arguing that straight doesn't exist, but I feel like you could still sit comfortably in that identity, like, 90% of the time and be a a male and see another man and be like, all right, this man is genuinely fine. I feel like, I feel like you should be comfortable in your sexuality and, like, in your personhood to that point. So I feel like if and I feel like that's something women don't have a problem with as much. Like, women can very much be like, hee-hee, like, girls, like, I love them, kiss-kiss, even though they're, like, straight. But, like, <laughs> yeah. men are very, like, they, they want to act like it. But, um, yeah, I feel like men who are truly comfortable in their masculinity can go against their quote-unquote sexuality and find some and appreciate someone else's beauty. I don't think or or be interested in them in another way i feel like human beings are naturally curious and i think we want to fit everyone into a box but we can never mm-hmm. uh, people are still gonna be curious that's that's not our problem that's not their problem it's not a problem period part of why i think uh heterosexuality is is a myth is, is a fabrication is dishonest just a cardboard cutout um, it's because I do see it playing to the capitalist interest, exactly. especially where babies are commodified in their gender mm-hmm. presentation, like where colors become like a means of marketing and gender reveal parties or like are a sort of contemporary manifestation of like feudal tendencies where babies determined who would inherit property what i think happens is like the body itself becomes a sort of capital and reproductive capitalism is necessary like reproductive futurism which is like that like there needs to be more capital more product in the future is necessary for capitalism to continue and therefore in a capitalist society the default is always going to be whatever produces the most and that's heterosex but i feel like it's it's like false there's something i i just don't trust it i feel like when i look at a heterosexual couple i if i feel like if i look at them for too long they're just gonna pixelate and just disappear yeah like um yeah exactly 
um, capitalism relies on heterosexuality in order to create more wage slaves and keep generations of wage slaves going. Um, so yeah, that's why I am heterophobic. <laughs> Uh, rainbow capitalism is just is super dangerous but it also feels like it can't like it's not sustainable like mm-hmm. rainbow capitalism is 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 a construct invented by capitalists to create the veneer of like acceptance but it's inherently false for real i feel like we're constantly trying to paint capitalism this color whether it be rainbow or black white or brown like it's just like it's at the end of the day it's still capitalism and i again i think it's important to like i mean within capitalism to try to support you know our queer like black brown brothers and sisters uh because i feel like it does it, it helps we're trying to support individuals instead of this like giant like black cloud of like capitalism and like the corporate world but for sure i feel like yeah it's a tough one because i feel like everything we do in this society nowadays is very much entangled in in the in the tentacles of capitalism and not even to be like super like quirky like socialist or whatever i think there's inherently a problem with many of the ways we handle things and I feel like gender and sexuality is you know just the tip of the iceberg because I feel like with almost any topic we get into it could it can always go back to somehow like capitalism is like in in it like meddling you know sort of like on like it's the monster you pull the mask off and underneath it's the capitalism that every time Mm -hmm. yeah Jinkies. <laughs> not afraid of being quirky. Um, so yeah, you could like trace back pretty much every single problem back to capitalism. Um, Zoinks. Capitalism. <laughs> like the monster in the pier was Jinkies. Like it was capitalism this whole time. <laughs> yeah. And like um, another concept that um, I want to hear y'all thoughts on is um, I heard once that in a patriarchal society any sex between a man and a woman is not consensual because of the patriarchy (laughs) okay wait this reminds me of something I saw today like it's completely like it has like the same energy but it's like completely different. But I saw someone on Twitter being like, yeah, um, I don't own a cat because um, pets can't give consent and I don't want to um, violate consent. And I'm just like, I don't know. That's just like the same energy. <laughs> I feel like everything is nuanced and con- consent, uh, I feel like consent can usually be black and white, but I feel like it's a gray area trying to make consent that nuanced, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if she wants to fuck him, then that's consent, right? Right! Like, she's like, damn, like, what? He got abs, you know? I'll hit that. 
Look, I agree with like the, I think it does diminish the autonomy of the woman to say that she doesn't have, like that's to me feels wrong. But at the same time, I think there are conditions where, I mean, part of me, I wanna, my intuition, my immediate inclination was to snap when I heard Eleven's theory. I was like, yeah, that that feels legitimate. That feels like that's the power dynamic makes the power imbalance so tenacious and problematic that like even somebody who wants something um, is being manipulated by a patriarchal standard. But I, so I don't really I don't know what to make of it. I I like I. I stand a woman who knows what she wants, though. We stand. Yeah, because, like, um, consent is really a tricky topic um, because um, you say, um, when there's a power imbalance, then that messes with the validity of <clears throat> consent because everyone in the right mind would agree that a child cannot consent to anything either also someone who is being um is, is having advances made onto them by like let's say like someone's boss is making advances onto someone then that also make messes with the consent even if you find your boss attractive there's still that power imbalance yeah i still think that i feel like that's very valid but it's also i feel i feel like it's complex i feel like I, I feel like it's up to the the woman or the the quote unquote like victim in this situation or um, or survivor in this situation, because personally in my family there is a history of um, my mother dating men who are significantly older, and like she has been in situations like when she was in high school she dated the manager at her job who was over age and like. I mean, nowadays, everyone would go be like, oh, you were raped. But like, for her, she was in like a, and what she thought was a consensual relationship for all of these years. Um, and granted, it was incredibly toxic. But um, but if you, if you go back to that, I feel like, who are we to tell people what is consent? Because um, again, I've, I've been in situations where there was definitely like a weird play of power sort of like um sort of like taking advantage but at the same time like it's almost like again and it's not like victim blaming at all because again if you feel like that wasn't consensual it's not consensual but um you know i've done things i'm not proud of i feel like we've all done things that we aren't proud of in like sketchy situations but at the end of the day, like, I'm not gonna go and be like, oh, like, this was rape because I did something with someone who was in a position of power to me, you know? Like, it definitely feels like a line, like, it, 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 there's sort of like this, I just feel like we don't even have the language to talk about these things. <laughs> because there's like this weird, like, it's, it's not rape, it's not necessarily a violation of consent, but I feel like we almost need another term for that. Because I feel like yeah. I feel like we shouldn't be able to question whether or whether someone else 
had their consent violated. I feel like that's that's like a case by case, like personal feeling conversation, not a like X circumstance is always a violation of consent. I don't know. Yeah, I agree that we don't have the language for that, that we do need like almost a new term for whatever we're describing right now where there's like a power imbalance for like if um if you want to say um or whatever um and then um oh my train of thought went if someone wants to jump in i want to say one thing i mean i feel like it's also i yeah i agree that there's there are situations that could seem sort of problematic but aren't illegal or um like i yeah i agree that there's there needs to be there's like a different language like we can't because on one sense everything under capitalism is a violation um and so you could say like you could say like Mm -hmm. well in under capitalism like it is or under patriarchy it is like a violation but like you still have to operate within a framework and you can't like we can't like sentence people um to like we can't proclaim guilt or innocence Mm -hmm. in in that sort of in a circumstance but um i also like think it's kind of a kink for some people to be with more powerful significantly i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't know personally anything about this this is not me at all but being with a more powerful older man is is not not hot like i yeah, just want to put that okay. out there <laughs> let's, let's be brief. So, like i'm mm-hmm. not trying to judge that's i feel like that's why this consent talk can get into a dangerous territory and i feel like yeah. that's why maybe we need to like the internet loves making up with making up words i don't know why we haven't made up a word for this yet because i do feel like this is a conversation that makes more nuanced language so we can accommodate more nuanced conversations. Wait, is it a hot older guy called like a zaddy, like Jeff Goldblum or something? <laughs> there's multiple names for that. that. There's Yeah, both. whatever there's they want to be called. Hit know? that yeah. power and balance. <laughs> Touching my yeah. collarbone right now. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> 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 He's not really a man. Not fully. No one is. We've established that already. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can't like um we're not saying that we should police other people's lives. Um, but this is more about like being aware of dynamics in your own life so that you could be aware of situations that you're in. For sure. I feel like we all have like we all have like a personal responsibility to sort of like know ourselves and to first of all like educate ourselves about like issues whether it be in the world but also to know like the kind of things we attract because I feel like some people we people attract certain types of people in situations and I feel like we attract them for reasons we attract them for lessons and I feel like some people just attract people who want to take advantage of them but if we if we can be like aware of these signs like especially like like this is a big problem for like empathetic people or just um girls and gays and 
all of that good stuff. But yeah, I feel like it's just important to be aware of how how yeah. interplay with toxic energy in our daily lives and in uh, what ways are we giving our power away to these things? Yeah, exactly. Um, there could be a lesson that someone is trying that has to learn, but instead of learning that lesson, they just keep repeating those same cycles. For sure, for sure. And yeah, that's what we're trying to avoid here. We trying to we trying to manifest. Um, manifest. Level I mean, I feel up. like manifest is a I right. I feel right. like one manifest is a better word. A woman manifest. Woman <laughs> <laughs> manifest. Feminifest. I hate it. Feminifest. <laughs> we're we're saying manifest, but we're spelling it with an X instead of an A. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How come in online circles, X's are being put in every word? Like, why does folks have an X in that it? That is so funny to me. I'm like. The, the folks things with the X gets me like and even like the woman with the X X or whatever <laughs> like like how do you pronounce that it's woman I thought it was Womixin and it's for women and gender minorities Womixin gotcha gotcha because I just felt like the term women women was like boys inclusive of minorities i feel like trying to separate it almost like i don't know i feel like it's confusing to me but again i, I, let, I let the girls and gays do whatever they want but it just feels it just feels a bit redundant i feel like the more we confuse words the more like invent words people are just gonna be like what the fuck <laughs> yeah maybe like, this podcast should be the third the thirst i x X, yeah. X, <laughs> X, yeah. X. Like, there will be no vowels in our name. All the vowels will be X. <laughs> well, we X, don't have X. any letters in our names because our names are numbers. <laughs> oh, true. Um, See, we're that we're that um evolved and ahead of the game that we don't even use letters in our names. The only fans so will be triple X. Because it's X-rated. Right. <laughs> rated, rated X for... Um, for inclusion. I, I, I was like, exclusion? Wait, that's bad. <laughs> I was like, exclusion, X-ray, that has radiation, that's bad. All of these things are bad. Yeah. So, like, um, you know how Elon Musk's kid is named, like, X-12 or whatever it is? Um, do you think yeah. that's the future of names? Because I read in a book like over 10 years ago about, it was like a time travel young adult type book, but um, the guy from the future, he wouldn't tell the um, the kids his name because he they wouldn't be able to pronounce it because it was some crazy future name. So I'm wondering if like, is Elon Musk just the first child uh, to start this trend and then no. like, I wouldn't be surprised though. No, it's no, it's <laughs> just because he and Grimes are it's not gonna be a trend. Because he and Grimes because that sort of name has to evolve out of language's evolution. So that like What if probably... it evolves out of like technology? Like let's say hypothetically we got to a point where 
we all live in this augmented reality world where instead of talking to someone you could just at them you could like see someone and you at them and you would <laughs> look at them and their at is like a serial code just like Elon Musk's child's name <laughs> is yeah 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 a, like a, that like yeah you okay, don't know how it's gonna I be s- in 1,000 2,000 years how how names yeah you think of someone called. and then you add them using that serial code and I don't, they don't have a name. I, I think um I'm gonna at seven I think <laughs> x I think Shaw m-12 whatever is sh- like lovely baby probably but Elon and Grimes are just trolls they're not they're they're not predicting the future of linguistic evolution like they're they're capitalists like they're going to destroy the environment before like the planet will be destroyed before their offspring can even like <laughs> like prince around like, <laughs> like i'm sure I'm like seven on this one as much as i want to <laughs> believe like because i feel like i want i want to have quirky names i'm very like trying to question the society (laughs) we live in like why do we have names why do we live in boxes like shit like that but like i feel like if if we don't have a basis to say a name then it doesn't exist and unless somehow our society moves past verbal communication which i think is what you're getting on to with the like adding each other thing. I mean, in that reality, that makes sense. But, but we're not know. there yet. I yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with Eleven, but I don't think we can say Elon and Grimes pioneered because it's going to happen in its own. Like you can't force these things. Like I feel like they're they're not even trying to jump the gun. They're just trying to get attention. And yeah, I, yeah, like, she not, did it. <laughs> she got not, my uh, that's not gonna happen <laughs> until humans like bypass verbal communication until we get to that like point where we can just like telecommunicate because i feel like aliens and like angels and shit they just have like like their names are just like screaming or like angelic noises or just like it's, it's just like a sound or like a wavelength or something i feel like there's potential for that one day but i feel like that's like a high evolution of the species type deal I do yeah. think angels will have Grimes as their soundtrack. Okay. <laughs> That's why her album's called Art Angels. Um, so I'm pretty sure that the name isn't going to be like what people end up naming. Like they're not going to start naming their kids after airplanes and stuff. I'm pretty sure they're just using that for like search op- search engine optimization or mm-hmm. whatever. Since it's a unique name, no one has that name. You look it up and Baby Musk is the only thing that comes up, pretty much. It's so cute, though. I mean, Shaw M-2764, like, that baby could literally join Thirst Eye. <laughs> no. <laughs> they can rot in their bunker. Going back to capitalism, it's like he gave his kid a barcode name. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, it's like a product on his line. Like it there's is, another one of these products. And talking well, about like naming it for for search engine optimization, like that just like it made this creepy to me. I used to think it was cute, but now <laughs> I'm just like, damn, they out here making their little robot baby. Okay, I have a theorem that's um kind of quirky about Grimes. I think Grimes' whole relationship 
and having a child with Elon Musk is like performance art that's gone too far <laughs> because you know how a lot of times artists get carried away like how Lady Gaga worked with both Richard um work with R Kelly and um T- Terry what's the what the the rapist photographer oh, you know what I'm talking yeah. about yes i do she worked with both of them on one music video and like it's no surprise like she there's no way that Lady Gaga did not know about both of their like accusations against them and so she's pretty much I, like my theorem about that is that she did that to get attention um and didn't think about like hey maybe i shouldn't work with rapists cancel gaga right yeah maybe i cancel. shouldn't work with rapists on the song do what you want with my body <laughs> but um <laughs> like the song like the solo version of that song is perfectly fine but she right. just went ahead and none of us asked for r kelly like yeah yeah, that's such an interesting... I, I never thought of it like that, but it almost does seem deliberate. Not to give y'all reasons to cancel Gaga, because we are not canceling <laughs> Gaga, but it's just odd. Yeah, I feel like it's it's hard to say, especially with, like, celebrities, what is genuine. Like, I feel like we're in an age where we just, like, lack discernment where when it comes to our public officials. Like, who do we have in charge? Like, the Illuminati. Like, don't get me started on conspiracy theories. But I feel like these pe- people in the government, people in Hollywood, it's like, who are these people? The yeah. reptilians? I don't know. Like, oh, okay, okay thir- 13. We're getting off topic here. That's for another episode. Um, it, it always it always goes downhill like that. I'll, I'll bring it back. <laughs> yeah, we we can we can have a, a, a two parter for that because we definitely need to talk about it. But um, wasn't the original topic gender? I feel like we've gone off the rails a bit here. We were talking about how like gender doesn't exist, and um, most were uh, just a majority female entities, right? Well, I I think. I posed a question, do men exist? And I am saying no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you could also pose that, um, why why do females have to exist? Why does anything exist? I, I, like, I, I don't want to exist as a male or a female. I just exist. Like, Like, why can't I exist the same as, like, the Andromeda galaxy or anything else or, like, Jupiter or whatever? They're genderless, just celestial bodies. I feel like that's what all of us truly are. I mean, yes, but I I feel like femininity is an anti-patriarchal energy, and it's one from which breeds life. We, We talked about this earlier. Like, I think... Um, there's something about sort of everybody sort of having a natal instinct of like birth and that being like a feminine energy and that like masculinity is the sort of like perverted or distorted version of that and it's not real it's like a sort of um, illusion that if you stare at it too long the image pixelates and then like it's like the things in the middle of your eye that drift across your eye when you're not paying attention and you can kind of like 
see that there's things in your eye drifting across it, but like when you focus on it, it's like suddenly disappears. And I, I think that's what, and we could say that about like corporeal form, sure. I feel like what my teen is getting at is sort of transcending that, like transcending the physical density that we're living in, where femininity and masculinity exist and are relevant. If someone wants, like, if someone doesn't incarnate, like, um, and they aren't a someone, but they're a something. Yeah, yeah, there's not, I, I feel like masculine and feminine is very much all in language. It's, it's terms we give this phenomenon and in an attempt to describe it when in reality none of it really exists. We're just trying to mm-hmm. label a phenomenon. Um, yeah, we're labeling I, like a group of things. Yeah, so I, I very much resonate with what 19 is saying. And I'm also like, un, I'm understanding the concept of, yes, like there is like this feminine form, but we've labeled that as feminine. It's something that like exists beyond words. And I feel like we, the way we think about it from a spiritual perspective is masculinity is an ex- is sort of represents existence and like femininity sort of represents the void or like the lack of existence. And that's how it brings creation because you have to bring something from the void into reality. So that again, that sort of goes back to the yin yang concept. So I feel like, actually, if we go, if we think about it from that perspective, we would say femininity doesn't exist because it's femininity is the process of bringing into existence. Wow, that's getting that's getting a little deep there. I I feel like it's the opposite. I feel like masculinity is like a tendency for destruction, whereas femininity is a tendency for creation or birth. Um, One is the process of bringing something out of existence. One is the process of bringing something to existence. They're both processes. Um, And if you stare at them for too long, you get, you're staring into the void. But one is, one is, patriarchy and capitalism incarnate and the other and like the material i mean what we can say that material circumstances don't exist whatever and i agree with that but the lived experience and the lived um circumstances of like daily life necessitate the like confrontation with material entities and i and i and i feel like the anti-capitalist and anti-patriarchal impulse is to just reject reject men like say that they don't exist and shun them i i don't like that i feel like that's very kidding i get it like i i understand your point because i feel like it is important to sort of see it from this lift perspective instead of just the spiritual perspective but at the same time i feel like if, if we say, if we keep saying men don't exist in this and that, it doesn't change the fact that there is almost 50% of the population that identifies as men and lives every day as a man. And, and the heart of the issue is that we've identified a lot of this quote-unquote masculine energy as being very toxic to our society, being a force of, like we said, the capitalism, the patriarchy, yada yada. Um, but this is still something people are identifying with and 
that is a very very like common everyday thing in our society like you are a man you are a woman so i feel like the the more we do like i i get that but we can't keep like antagonizing like this male energy because i feel like there there is valid male energy i just feel like it isn't as common as we want it to be so when 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 i talk about like things not existing very much in my mind everything doesn't exist but i feel like i personally can't say that men don't exist but women do because i feel like men are weenies and they already think they're disenfranchised for being men now so i feel like we need to like i don't know give give men a chance to validate themselves let men be real but don't let them continue to be real in the way that they're existing today because the con- construction of this masculinity is toxic and i feel like that's where the problem lies i agree with you uh number 13 um that was that was very accurate that was great i feel like that's um extremely valid Thank you. Yeah, I feel like things are just very nuanced. Um, very, very nuanced. I don't know. I feel. I feel like we continue to debate this issue, um, but it's still. It's always going to come to down to like everything is nuanced, and people just need to like. I don't know. Like we, we can't as, as much as we want to delete men from the face of the earth. We can't, and you know, we're, we're coping with it. <laughs> We, we gotta have a men's support group. A support group for dealing well, with men and a support group for making men support themselves, you know? Yeah. Well, beginning, uh, back to like the beginning of our conversation, like all, uh, all this, we were like, eventually won't, we won't even need men. Um, hashtag asexuality. Um, <laughs> Like Seven is saying, um, females are, like, they create, and, um, like, they're trying to find a way where, um, females can make artificial semen, so eventually, um, we're just gonna need females. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm imagining like gender as a social construct, whatever, everyone's conditioned, like gender is is socially conditioned. And we talked about earlier about like gender norms, about how um, um, clothing used to be very, like men used to be wearing very feminine clothing um, and the colors switched for children. Um, We didn't talk about heels were invented for regal men um and now they're a sort of uh staple of feminine clothing um and so these are all like sort of material concessions that suggest that gender is just like socially defined um and there's also like cultures where you can be two-spirit or you can be a third gender um and that's just like culturally accepted it's not non-normative it's just the culture um and what I'm wondering, because like gender is sort of socially uh, enforced, it's a social construct, it's not real, everyone is just conditioned to be one thing or the other. I agree with this idea about like um, an ideal masculine form possibly being real, I'll, I'll concede that, but my I think my idea is that um, women exist um, 
as like the sort of nurturing, creating. Um, and then from, and that's like what the child socialized comes to pre-socialization, pre-societal uh, reformation, pre-dictate, um, pre-gender assumption of gender identity. And therefore, like you could say that before men, we were all women. And you could say, therefore, heterosexuality doesn't exist because before men, we were all women. We all loved one another. We were sapphic lovers. <laughs> uh, so this, I'm going back to when you said um, that you viewed masculinity as a form of destruction and how you view uh, femininity yeah, as a form of, what's it called, nurturing, a more nurturing energy. So have you heard of like the goddess Kali? She is Zach, oh my god, I was literally just thinking that. Yeah, yeah, she is both the goddess of um, destruction and power, but also creation and motherhood. She's everything that we're talking about in one form. And I guess you could say that is the true form. Um, She is presented as feminine, but she is also, um, I don't know if it's a part of her, but she is um, depicted as standing upon um, Shiva. Am I correct? Yeah, After, yeah, her lover yeah. Shiva. Yeah. And uh, Shiva is a masculine en- entity. And I'm, I'm sure 13 knows more about this than I do. If uh, if you want to explain and go go through it, um, 13, then, then you can. Yeah. No, th- uh, that was exactly what I was thinking. And that's exactly why, from my expe- perspective, I was explaining the feminine energy as this more dark energy. Because when I was first coming into this like spiritual discussion, Um, when I was first learning these things, you know, I had the same thought as number seven, that, you know, femininity is very much this, like, creative, life-giving entity. But I feel like within women, women are incredibly complex. And as much as we want to think all women are just, like, good and great, I feel like women also, there's, like, a great capacity for emotions. Some people could see Kali as evil, but some people could just see her another way as just like a strong woman because she has like this destructive force. But you, you sort of have to have one foot in the darkness to bring things into the light, to bring things into creation. So yeah, that's why there's sort of like this, the confusion there. Because if you think about it, women have, and again, this is speaking broadly, women tend to be way more feeling, way more emotional, way more intense. I feel like women almost have this darkness inside of them. And even if you want to say that men are evil and men are gross, I feel like women are just much deeper beings. Most women are just much deeper beings. So I feel like there's something, like I said, there's like this darkness. And again, I I feel like in our society, we we want to label dark as bad and like light as good and I think I feel like that also plays into the fact that we celebrate men more than women because women are it's like a darker um more mysterious entity so it's harder for people to deal with the darkness and I feel like if if we want to talk about gender um we can very much talk about how like it plays into this dark and light energy and how we tend to reject these other dark darker quote-unquote forces when these these more darker negative moments in our life are still just as valuable and teaching as the light so I feel like 
there, there's like this shunning of everything that we want to associate with feminine. Um, so I feel like that very much contributes to this sort of like un- unevenness of the sexes. Okay, I I think that's really enlightening. But then I have to ask, because you have a goddess encapsulating everything, both like creation and destruction, I have to ask like, do we, do we need men? Question mark. And then if we don't, do they exist? Question mark. And if they don't, then I have to return to my initial like hypothesis that men aren't real (laughs) (laughs) i think kali sounds amazing i love a good goddess who giveth and taketh away like (laughs) we stand but doesn't kali she taketh away more than she giveth though (laughs) and i think that's from the hindu perspective there's like other there's other entities that rule those aspects so I get what you're saying, because she can take it and she can give it. But I feel like that can also, it, it plays into this much deeper point of, we can all take it and give it, whether it be to ourselves and others, like we could take anybody out of this world. So like, I, I feel like it, they're sort of like, we are our own God. Like technically, I mean, if, if one day, they make it so women can impregnate themselves. Like, who's to say that, like, they can't make a a man a fetus from his own tissue? I can't ration, like, ration science. Like, who knows what the hell they're gonna do? So I feel like we have, like, this innate, like, godlike potential within us to create and to destroy. And I feel like we, we want to classify people as, man woman dark light but in reality we all possess these energies and i think that's where the whole gender thing gets confused because we want to pick one when in reality we're a spectrum we're a mix we're a blend yeah i fully agree with that i also but i i feel like we if we had to if we had to play the picking game and we had to pick (laughs) one for everybody and we had to choose between one or the other (laughs) I don't think I'm like I don't I don't know that like I'm like I don't know that Arnold Schwarzenegger exists like when I look at him I just see pixels like it's it's so weird it's like my eyes fog (laughs) at the same time there can only be men there can only be women if you ask women they'll say okay they'll only be women then if you ask men they would say women too, because a group of men just doesn't want to sit around alone with no women. Women are the spice of life, you know? They make things interesting. So I feel like women, I, I get what you're saying, that, that uh, women are everything. Men are are something. They're, 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 they're part of the pie. They're the cream on the pie. They're still, they showed they're up. still a part of it, but... Um, as our Lord and Savior Ariana Grande once said, God is a woman. Um, and I think that speaks to like a Kabbalistic Jewish theology where Shekinah is the female name of God, but she's like the more spiritual understanding of who God is. And she is like, she is everything and nothing at the same time. Um, she's like a monotheistic. Um, if you like, you can branch into like pantheistic for your like source goddess and you can turn to like a monotheistic one too and say yeah. Shakina, she's she's babe. <laughs> right. 
I've never heard of her. Babe. She is um, feminist, Jewish, um, um, mother, uh, father, sister, brother, everything at the same time. We definitely need to have an episode on pantheism. So we'll put a note in for that. Um, and when you brought up Arnold Schwarzenegger not being real, at the same time, um, Marilyn Monroe, um, Jane Mansfield, um, Elizabeth Taylor—they're not—they're all not real either. Um, I don't know, but I don't know if they encapsulate femininity. Yes, but, but there are um, these ideals um, because at the end of the day, masculinity and femininity—they um, are just like a collection of like attributes that we've decided are femininity and masculine like and Arnold Schwarzenegger is the polar opposite to the Marilyn Mansfield uh, the yeah the Marilyn Mansfield <laughs> of the world I love her Marilyn Mansfield <laughs> yes. she was great in some like blondes yeah yeah <laughs> I love Jane Monroe. <laughs> yeah. I love Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> I'm more Taylor. of a Betty Crawford. <laughs> yeah, I'm more of a Betty Crawford type of person, you know? I like, I'm thinking like sea goddess, though. Like, I'm thinking like Gaia. <laughs> I, I also don't understand why we don't worship, like, um, why there aren't more cults to the Virgin Mary. Um, she's way more excited than baby Jesus. Like, <laughs> like she you literally see that birthed... more in You do see that, um, like, especially in, like, Latin America with, um, and Mexico especially, with, like, the Virgin Guadalupe. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. No, and I, I, I love her. And I yeah. love, and I love that she gets her due, um, yeah. because she literally and she, birthed God. Mm-hmm. And, the and God thing about is her, a woman mm-hmm. who took the form the of a man. Like Shekinah of, took the form of a boy, uh-huh. so that she could die on the cross for all of her sins. And the woman mother, also Gabriel, is gender non-conforming. I know this because Tilda Swinton played them in a movie. Yes. Oh my god, I'm in the performance. But yeah, Shakina sounds like a baddie. I love her already. Um, I'm also like, I'm just a huge Virgin Mary stan. Like, I have a Virgin Mary Tumblr account where I just post pictures of the Virgin Mary. <laughs> That's so valid. I have, I'm a big fan of, of Virgin Mary imagery. I think it's beautiful. I think, um, yeah, I feel like that's, like, the one thing sort of Catholicism did right was, like, random just, like, Virgin Mary imagery. I feel like good old-fashioned, like, American Southern Christianity, I feel like that just, like, I feel like Virgin Mary just did not get a good end of that deal, like... Eve, too? Poor poor girl. I mean, she creates knowledge because she's the first to bite into the fruit. So she, 
Like, I, I honestly, sometimes I think Shakina's hot and like, that's great for like um, Judeo-Christianity, but like the Eve story is just so like, uh, it's just like another yeah. way of like reinforcing patriarchy. I've it's always hated like, we... the <laughs> Eve story. Like, but Jasmine. Eve is the one, The tree. it is the tree of knowledge. She is the one who bites the fruit taste the fruit against the oppressor god because this is not uh-huh. Shakina here this is like this is like oppressor god who says yes. who gaslights her and says that if you bite from this fruit you are going to die Eve bites into the fruit and she does not die and in fact she gains knowledge she gains world knowledge she learns that she and her husband were naked she did not know that they were naked before then that is dangerous like they had to bear the wet the elements in their buck naked flesh no like that is that's dangerous like like god put them up in a dangerous environment literally snakes were all around they could have gotten they could have been bit by these snakes that are just hanging out in the garden of eden so she bites into the fruit she gains knowledge and she gives her husband knowledge you brought up um the like this whole idea of a false god the demiurge theory and i want to put a pin in that because I want to have like a whole episode dedicated to that theorem. Yeah, I, I um, do too. I think we, we're we sticking to gender and gender. sexuality. Yeah. Can we talk about Lilith um, and how she is often portrayed as like this whole archetype of this scorned, this scorned woman when I think that she could actually be a very powerful like figure for women because she mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah. Doesn't she eat children though? Yeah, um valid. Yeah, that's valid. Um sometimes <laughs> children um have it coming. <laughs> There's like she's like that's a really common trope too, where like women who eat children. Um mm-hmm. I know the Lamia. La Llorona. She Oh yeah. Yes. Um all of these women's Baba Yaga, I think probably mm-hmm. eight kids. Oh, uh, I stand you Baba Yaga. Your child into the world, you should be able to eat your child, gobble exactly. it, take its life. Like, Why not? Your... <laughs> yeah, animals do it all the time. No, like, and I, the thing about like, um, like women devouring children, I think is just so special because, um, like witches like the whole witch thing just it's like another way of like fighting patriarchy and like they have to do it because children represent reproductive futurism which is body capitalism mm-hmm. that is bad therefore children like it or not they are like little compact mini human perpetuate capitalism they are symbols of bad like they are not like we need to move away from this like false ideology that kids are inherently innocent and pure their like construction their mere construction is another way of oppressing the working class they themselves are eventually going to become oppressed and working class unless they're like of the aristocracy in which case they are going to be the oppressors like we need to like i love a good woman who recognizes that these future wage slaves um, also provided tasty and nutritious high protein snack. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can we cut this out? I don't. <laughs> no, that was amazing. <laughs> Keep it in. Is Keep it in. That's valid. That's Can so we valid. cut out the cannibalism part? I don't want to be. No, a I loved it. I loved it. That was beautiful. That was amazing. I stand that. 
You totally opened oh, my yes. mind. I was like, oh my God, yes, yes, everything you yeah. hear is true. Yeah, we're keeping that in because that was okay. too, like, on point to, like, such a scorching hot take that we have to keep that in. Right, right. No, gotta keep it real. Like, we all. We all are drinking the capitalist Kool-Aid, especially the little children. And, um, you know, just, no, no, children don't matter, men don't matter, our bodies do not matter, none of it matters. Um, Nothing matters and everything is temporary. Tomorrow you'll wake up and you're not going to be who you were yesterday. Exactly. Um, and also number seven brought up, um, the archetype of witch and like that reminded me um do y'all know anoni the singer um, no i th- i think um 13 i've showed you anoni but like anoni um before publicly going trans um well no anoni was trans in the public eye for a while but hadn't gone professionally by her like actual name that she uses with her friends which is Anoni, um, but that's besides the point. Um, under her old band name, um, Anthony and the Johnsons, um, she would um, go on this monologue that I would listen to um, a while back um, when I was like really into Ant- Anthony and the Johnsons. And if you want, if y'all want to look it up um, sometime after this podcast, called "Future Feminism" by Anthony and the Johnsons, and um, she talks about how like she's a witch, um, and I'll just read the quote from the lyrics if um, that's okay. She said that I'm a witch. I actually debaptized myself, and that's what's great about being transgender is you're born with a natural religion. It applies almost across the board, no matter what culture or economic group or nation you're from. You're almost automatically a witch, and none of the patriarchal none of the patriarchal monotheisms will have you. It's very clear that those in most religions you'd be put to death in many parts of the world you are still put to death and i just wanted to like say that quote because like i'm an anomaly stan and i just made that connection i think that's beautiful and we love and stan anoni no i think that's true i feel like i, I like the language of witch there because i feel like i feel like you could talk about like witchcraft and the history of like witchcraft and like persecution like that and i feel like that very much continues to play into the point that we've been talking about the whole podcast which is i mean we weren't burning men for being wishes we were burning women for being witches we were burning queers and the weird people in town and the the mentally ill and things like Mm -hmm. that so um yeah i feel like there's like a very there's there's a power in being a witch but there's also like because it's sort of like a reclaiming of the almost like negative dark aspect we were talking about that's associated with like being a woman or a queer yeah actually we could like probably do a whole episode on just that one monologue because it's like it goes she goes into like some real good points in that yeah for sure we stand yeah how do you spell her name her name is spelled n-o-h and I that the um you'll find like what I'm talking about under future feminism by Anthony and the Johnsons and Anthony is spelled 
A N T O N Y. Okay. I'm just writing down um, future topics for us to speak about. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay, but um, we uh, started this podcast at 7.30. It is currently 9 o'clock. Do you think we should close? Yeah, let's close. Let's um, do our little closing statements. Um, yeah, I think we've made some nice headway. Does anyone have some, like, last words, summarized thoughts or intentions? Yeah, let's always end with the intentions. I should say my um, my intent is not to like monolithically define like one gender or the other or to like invalidate anybody. It was merely a sort of pontificating and I think a progressive sort of pontification because I am like I, I want to think of frameworks to destabilize the norm and if destabilizing the norm means to ask because I think typically in like a contemporary framework maleness and masculinity is viewed as the default and femininity is not it's like that is the alternate Um, and that's something that happens in like a lot of language it happens in cinema it happens in literature um the presumed like white male narrator and i think it's important to question like where that presumption comes from and maybe pose an alternate view i really vibe with that intention um i agree with that i think we should destabilize these pre-existing like uh, these assumptions that we make about the world and about society, about um, who the default person is. And in future episodes, I want to like really shake things up. Um, I wanna have controversial people on here. Um, I, like, I think it would be really fun if we had a turf on here and we really picked her brain. Um, we really um, just, like got into the turf mentality because I feel like it's so wacky to like turfs are so wacky that I just want to get in that brain um and like I also feel like in other episodes I'm gonna be you know just like putting out the wildest takes just to see what happens because um I personally like the archetype that I most vibe with is the trickster archetype and I want to like shake things up that way yeah, I think that's really important, and I feel like that's also an intention that I vibe with. It, it's interesting because I feel like we're we're all in a space where we very much want to make the world like a better place, but we all have like we're having like the same hot take about it. We're having like the same conversation, and I feel like it's important that we have very nuanced conversations and that we talk about things in different ways, different perspectives, and that it's cool about that. So I feel like it's been an intention of mine lately just to be more vocal because I have a tendency just to like sit and let other people talk. And I think it's, it's good to like have these conversations and to have these ideas because I feel like that's how things change. That's how I feel like we all have something worthwhile to say and I feel like it's valid for us to share that and we should get comfortable with sharing that because it's always been uncomfortable for me to use my voice but I feel like we all have a voice to share regardless of what that is so yeah I think it's just 
to continue building a space where we can have these conversations, um, whether they're political or whether they're spiritual. But yeah, I think that's super valid and I'm excited to keep doing this. Um, Yeah, all of you guys uh, said like really wonderful closing statements. I don't know what else to say. Like someone like listens to this podcast and they'll think of something in a different way or they'll, um, you know, think of something they didn't um, even consider before. Or maybe someone hears it and um, they vibe with us and like we put some of their thoughts into words or like they're we're talking about stuff they're thinking of and they feel less alone by hearing our conversations. Yeah, uh, number nine. Oh, I think that's cute. That's so cute. Yeah, it's cute. Um, it's essentially what I want to do is decolonize by deconstructing the norm. Yeah, that's awesome. Was that everybody? Yeah, that was everybody. Yeah. We we really connected a lot of dots. Yeah, for sure. I feel like we covered we covered a good wide subject area today and I feel like we really did the topic justice and I just want to thank everybody for joining us so far especially if you made it this far in the episode um you're a real one and yeah just thank you for joining us because at the end of the day we're just a group of misfits and quirky little kids and I think it's important to yeah just be yourself and accept what reg what resonates and reject what doesn't and just keep having these conversations and creating these spaces to make the world a better place and yeah thank you for joining us on thirst eye podcast where we are thirsty and we are um opening our third eye yeah